0: You got a marvelous vibe, and I know it starts from inside. So, fill your heart with pride and let your light shine brightly, your own eyes.
1: You're a work of art,
2: unforgettable, and off the charts. Uh-huh.
3: Welcome to a podcast dedicated to your oh. mental health. I'm Bailey, with the Recording Library of West Texas. Hi, I'm
1: Christy Edwards, I'm the Executive Director and a Therapist at Centers for Children and Families.
0: Hi, I'm Melanie Size I'm the Marketing and Development Director at Centers for Children and Families.
3: Together, we're bringing you tips and tricks on how to navigate this thing called life. This is Center Solutions. Right. Okay. Right. Due to the nature of some of the topics that are discussed, listener discretion is advised.
0: So, welcome again to another episode of Center Solutions. Uh, This is our COVID edition. We are talking about opening schools, staying at home, and the interesting dilemma of more uncertainty. Uh, And our guest is Shelby Hammer. Uh, She is the head of Trinity School in Midland. Welcome to our show, Shelby. Thank you so much, Melanie. It's great to be with you. I was looking around uh, through Trinity's website and, of course, looking through what some of the other schools are doing, and I found this wonderful letter that Shelby had constructed for the website that was out to the parents, and I was hoping she could read the little excerpt of it from, from the very beginning.
2: Sure, I'm happy to. Writing this letter, I'm reminded of this quote from Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. "'Curiouser and curiouser,' cried Alice." She was so much surprised that for the moment, she quite forgot how to speak good English. As our community faces the ongoing pandemic, and as we learn more about the coronavirus, Curiosur provides an apt description, even if it is not proper English.
0: Uh,
2: how uh,
0: accurate is that? <laughs> That's so cute. I thought that's a perfect way to draw it it in. Nobody knows. We have no idea how to proceed. So everything is all about the curiosity of the unknown. So could you share a little bit? I, I guess first, would you give us a little bit
2: of history of Trinity and tell us about your school? Sure. So Trinity was founded in 1958 as a ministry of the church of the holy trinity the episcopal church of the holy trinity and since that time has grown into a preschool through 12th grade school of over 600 students Um, we're a college preparatory community that provides a nurturing environment to enrich the mind strengthen the body enliven the soul and inspire servant leadership that's our our mission, and we really do focus on developing students in all of those areas, academically, physically, spiritually, and civically.
0: Um, And so Centers has a a partnership with with Trinity, right, Christy? Yeah. that 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 is correct. Um, uh, several years ago, we
1: started um, being able to provide counseling, uh, a, a counselor, on their campus, um, just in case kiddos or the teachers, or just for some good psychoeducational information. And uh, we are going to continue that, and we are in that curiouser. Page right sure. now because <laughs> we don't know what curious or er, uh, we don't know what that's going to look like um, going forward. So we're going to be prepared for telehealth or telecommunication and possibly some type of hybrid, which is a new word in
0: all of our vocabulary. I guess we can dive right in, Shelby, and if you would like to share a little bit about what the process of deciding the route to take. So I know um, different schools, even within our local community, are, are uh, taking on a different approach.
2: So what was the process for the protocols that you all have decided on? Uh, That's a great question, and I think it's important to note that every school in our community faces different circumstances and has to make the decision that's right for their community. As an independent school, it was up to us to decide how we wanted to approach this, and we have two leadership groups that are really important to the direction of Trinity School. One of them is our administrative leadership team which is the professional staff of the school. And it's a group of 13 of us who work on the day-to-day operations and implementation of our program. And then we also have our board of trustees who are um, community members and parents who provide strategic direction and support and accountability for the school. So those two groups were the ones who were involved in making this decision about whether we would have on-campus or online classes Amen. Yep. And, you know, there are a lot of things to consider in terms of local conditions. And one thing that was really important to us was the load on hospitals and the healthcare system was our community in a place um, to be able to support not only COVID patients, the oxymoronic normal emergencies. Right. People are still going to break legs. People are still going to have heart attacks or other illnesses. And um, it was important to us that we be good communities members and by coming back to school not overly strain that system. We also looked um, at our individual circumstances in terms of the size of our student body and our average class size. Our campus facilities were blessed with a wonderful campus that has lots of outdoor spaces that gives us opportunities to spread out a little more. And then the resources that we had um, to provide safety protocols and equipment to help ensure the safety of everyone on campus. And then we also got input from faculty and parents. And what we heard from them was a large desire to be on campus with the protocols we have in place, as long as there was an online option for people who, needed, um, who had different circumstances or concerns.
0: So what are some of the in-campus precautions that you all have decided to take
2: on? Every student when he or she arrives on campus will have his or her temperature taken to make sure that they don't have a fever and be asked about um, prevalence of COVID symptoms. All of our students will be wearing face coverings throughout the day. We have rearranged our classroom spaces to spread students out in classrooms. Um, In some ways, that's really difficult for us as educators. A hundred years ago, kids sat in rows and all faced the same direction, and since then we've moved into pods and tables and much more collaborative work, and we're having to spread them out a little Mm. more. Um, In places where we can't do that, we've ordered plexiglass dividers so that kids, um, if they can't be physically distant, at least have a barrier. We put hand sanitizing stations in every classroom, and some of our classrooms already had sinks so that students and faculty can regularly clean their hands. We've had to alter the way we do food service into individual servings. Instead of students going through the line, the food will be delivered for them. We've ordered electrostatic cleaning machines. We um, unfortunately are having to restrict our access to campus. Just we want to be sure that we can manage the number of contacts that kids have as much as possible. And then spreading our carpool across our campus, which we've already done.
0: Sure. I think about things like my uh, youngest just had her last year at St. Anne's and we always had a hot dog day and everybody would come in and the parents would help and it was so much fun. But those things now are are not going to be the same for a while, right?
2: No, they're really not. And that's one of our challenges is, you know, Trinity is So focused on community, as I said in our mission, we're a college preparatory community, not just a college preparatory school. And our parents are a really important part of that community, so how do we maintain those ties when you can't have donuts with dad? on the morning uh, or donuts with dudes on the morning of the book fair or um, children doing programs that their parents may have to attend virtually instead of in person? And how do we set up virtual opportunities for our parents to meet and support one another in the ways that we're used to? So those are challenges that we're taking on as well um, with our parent group, the Trinity Charger Alliance. What is your plan for a confirmed case? So the first and most important thing that we have to do is contact the health department and follow their guidance about who would need to stay home for the next 14 days or however many days um, to ensure their safety. And when those students and teachers move home, we're equipped to provide instruction remotely so that there won't be an interruption in learning and we're working really hard to limit the number of contacts that students have on campus so that that number that would have to um, stay at home would be limited but that's ultimately up to the health department
0: what about accommodations for uh, kids receiving online instruction
2: so in our lower school classrooms, we've ordered special cameras called swivel cameras that can follow the teacher around the classroom. So our students who are at our lower school students who are at home can log in in the morning and join their friends in chapel um, because our students will be attending chapel remotely even if they're on campus because we're limiting occupancy in the chapel. So they can start their day with chapel and then be part of the whole group instruction and teleconferencing has come such a long way that if <laughs> there need to be small reading groups, the teacher yes. can create breakout groups and the student can participate in the reading group just as if they were on campus and working really hard to provide as normal and typical a school experience for those students who are opting to stay home and and the same is true in our middle and upper school. It's just a little bit easier with older kiddos um, for them to Zoom in and out of their classrooms and participate in those discussions and lectures.
1: I think that there's not a barrier to learning anything you want to learn anymore. I mean, my 85-year-old mom now knows how to Zoom and is like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to connect to this or that. And I'm like, go for it, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, really no excuse at this point.
0: Oh we're I all- will say listening to Shelby I'm listening to you speak and, and just go over all of the protocols, if I were a parent uh, listening to all of this I would be feeling a lot of comfort right now which mm-hmm. I think is important and Christy often talks about the importance of having those plans the plans and protocol is everything for everybody right now just knowing even if it is uncertain we don't know what anything could happen there's some a little there's a little bit of comfort and quelling of the anxiety and having a plan so Christy how about some of that mental health connection to returning to school. Well, you know, once again, whenever
1: you're going into an unknown situation and if you've been exposed to information, you know, for the, the these last 5 or 6 months that is a little scary. And, you know, maybe you even had a family member that contracted COVID-19 or you've heard about people dying or maybe, you're, you know, some of your family's even died. There's going to be a great amount of fear. So, you know, what, what Shelby is doing is they're saying, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. This is how we've got a safety net under you. We're prepared for if it happens, we're going to hope it does not happen. So, um, you know, I preach preparation all the time and especially the younger kids, whenever they can be told. You know, this is this is what's going to happen. This is what your day is going to look like. So even if they've got some normal go back to school anxiety, if you know this is what it's going to look like, this is what I'm going to do if there's a problem. I just think it makes it easier.
0: Yeah. what about online classes? We we've all experienced a little bit or talk to someone who has either homeschooled during the quarantine or have kids. So we've seen some of that unfold. Do you want to talk about some of those uh, mental health issues that have arisen even with the entire family?
1: Well, I mean, you know, that's, that's stressful, you know, and that was one of the things that uh, Shelby and I, you know, were emailed back and forth is, you know, the stress of going back um, in whatever way you go back, In these online classes for these kids and parents is going to be very stressful unless they have spent some time getting their children and themselves prepared to follow the routine. You know, that if, you know, if you slide right up until the day before school starts, just going, oh, it's summer, we're going to have a grand time, and then you expect your child to get up and be able to follow that, um, those guidelines, that is not going to be a recipe for success. So if you are preparing yourself and your child, spending some time in front of the, um, you know, in front of the uh, computer, working on something, and then helping them understand that it's not, you don't have to sit there all day, it's going to be broken up in segments, So once again, that's that preparation, that's that information given in just the right increments for them to understand what's about to come and how they're going to transition.
0: Shelby, did you have any uh, parents that talked to you about the difficulties they experienced when they had to be at home, maybe the daycare complications, trying to work while
2: teach at the same time? Uh, yes, that's important. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and as a parent myself, even though my kids are older, you know, when your whole family is home all day, every day, and everybody needs the Internet and uh-huh. everybody needs a quiet space to work and some kids need help with different things, um, you know, it really places a strain on families and schools provide a lot of service beyond education and um, the social and emotional support that kids Uh get at school, the socialization training that they get at school. And, you know, some people think that just applies to our younger students, but it applies to all of our students. just they're developmentally different as they're learning to navigate these different social situations, which you know, obviously look different for a three-year-old than they do for a 17-year-old, but the 17-year-old is still having to figure out how to, you know, work through those interpersonal conflicts. And all of that yes. happens at school with a lot of support. And then for our younger students whose parents, both parents work outside the home, child care is an important part of what we offer as well. So, um, you know, that, that is part of the Trinity community, and, and part of our overall mission is to take care of the whole child who is here. And um, there are some things that we can do really well online, but providing childcare online is one thing we have to quite <laughs> out.
0: Right.
2: Cool. You would be a rich uh, lady, Shelby, if you
1: could
0: figure that one out. Right. That's going to take a whole level of artificial intelligence or something. I don't In know. Virtual like reality. Self-driving car. <laughs> Um, Yeah, I think, uh, gosh, it's just there's so many facets and just thinking about moving from the transition back in and the fears that people might have. And I think kids might be experiencing some of those fears, too, because let's face it, media, social media, uh, you know, they're listening to conversations and the overall idea is, you know, COVID can mean death. So how do you have those conversations with kids that are scared? Well,
1: I mean, once again, you don't want to give them an overload of information. You want to consider their developmental level, level, their emotional level, how well they handle things, how well they might bounce back from some kind of news like that if if somebody in their family has died. Mm -hmm. But you've got to give them some information. You cannot keep them in a bubble because they're not going to stay there. They already know there's something going on. They're, they're going to hear it from the neighborhood kids. They're going to hear it from the kids at school. They're going to hear it from somebody else's parent. So you're going to have to be able to feed them the the bits that they can kind of absorb and get a grasp of. So like, as Shelby said, a great point. What's what's appropriate for a three-year-old or a five-year-old is something quite different than a 17-year-old. But parents and administrators and teachers need to have some type of plan for giving them just enough information without scaring them and that's hard
0: and also the teachers uh there's been a lot of uh, dialogue about teachers having the fears and concerns especially those that have underlying health issues about what this means for their future uh shelby have you had any conversations with some of your teachers
2: well certainly and um you know, our faculty are really committed to these students and really want to be back and and have students on campus. But they also have the same concerns of mm-hmm. everyone else. Of you know, this is a lot of people to be around at a time when we're being advised not to be around a lot of people. So, uh-huh. um, uh, the faculty had a chance to review these plans and protocols before they were released to our family um, to give feedback on them about their comfort level and you know what what they were prepared to do to be able to be on campus and you know we have people just as we have families with unique circumstances we have faculty with unique circumstances and we'll work through those things with them as best we can so that we can take care of our students and our employees
0: that's there's just so many facets to it and i, I can't imagine what it must be like have to get contact with all these different groups uh, but I think the important message is all we can do is what we can do from day to day. Um, we had, uh, someone on a podcast recently who mentioned that, that it's just from one day to the next, <laughs> we only can look for tomorrow because everything is so unclear, but it sounds like you all are doing a wonderful job in, uh, Taking precautions and uh, giving some comfort to your students and parents. And uh, Chrissy, what can people do if they are just a little bit overwhelmed right now? Sure, and and
1: that's that's most of us, right? We're all having to you know (laughs) take a check in on our uh, emotional well being. You know, once again, we start with the things that we know are going to work for you. You know, in a physical sense, and that you know is like getting outside, getting some exercise eating a healthy diet, trying to get enough sleep, you know, try to stay hydrated um, and staying connected with your friends and family. I mean, once again, whenever we do these, um, you know, we always kind of do the, when we do these podcasts and you and I and Bailey and Michael stay on and we visit a little bit, that's kind of like my check-in because we're, Mm -hmm. you know, we're kind of checking on each other and, you know, I've got a a, a great support system. So you've got to stay in contact with. Um, you know, the people that are really calling to check in on you or uh, or, or care about how you're doing. So, you know, and, and one of the things that we've laughed about is people are talking about their feelings in a more meaningful way and having more meaningful conversations than we've ever had before. I hope those never go away, you know. So um, if you find yourself really struggling or you notice that your child is struggling, um, you know, with like a hard time sleeping, they're not eating, if they've got some regressive behaviors, that's probably a good time to go ahead and seek professional help. Um, you know, giving centers a call, um, we're, we're ready to help if any of those things start before school starts, or if they occur based on kind of the unknown and the stressors and the fears of going back to school.
0: I think we're all kind of overwhelmed. Shelby, do you have any anything special that you've been taking on lately? We always kind of joke about how during the quarantine we found some new hobbies or <laughs> you know, taking longer walks or baking banana bread or is there anything that you have that
2: has gotten you through it? Um, Well, this is sort of a funny story. I generally swim for exercise, and when the COM pools were closed, I had to resort to running, which is not my favorite thing to do. Um, And literally the second week of quarantine, I fell while I was running, and... messed up my ankle in a fairly significant way. So then I couldn't run or swim. And the things that I normally do to unwind are those things and cooking, um, which I also couldn't do, although my family acquired some important life skills during that time. <laughs> when I was on crutches. And um, so I discovered the New York Times crossword puzzle, which uh-huh. um is just an opportunity to disengage from anything having to do with a pandemic or big decisions to make and just use my brain in a different kind of way. And um, then once I healed, I was able to go back to doing more cooking, um, which I really do enjoy it, and baking. So my family has benefited from that as well. And oh, the yeah. Other thing- <laughs> The other thing I would just add to what Christy said, which I, she gave us such good advice, but everything, you know, you said you had a guest that said, you know, things can change from day to day. I sometimes feel like things can change from hour to hour, or minute uh, to minute. 100%. Uh, yes. And, and preparing people for that, like we have all of these great plans, um, but until we actually live it. It's hard to know what's really going to work. And preparing people for it's not going to be this way forever, one, because eventually things will get better, but two, we're going to learn from it, and we're going to adjust and being prepared to be flexible and, and make a call Um, about making a change to something that you thought was going to work and preparing children for that. Like, this is what we're doing today, and tomorrow it may look different, Uh but if it does look different, we'll be there to explain it to you and help you figure it out. And I think
1: that's such great advice because we can all probably remember that our first day of school when we were little and we were walking, you know, some of us rode a bus. Somebody walked into a school for the first time that just that feeling of butterfly in your stomach of not knowing what the day was going to look like. I think whenever you guys basically take everyone by the hand virtually or physically and prepare them for for what that day is going to look like is exactly what we need to do at this time.
3: I think that's great advice. I've just been kind of listening to you guys and really enjoying um, this conversation today. I am I am not a parent, but um, regardless if you have kids in school or not, everyone's affected by this. Um, we've been working hard at the recording library to push our uh, dyslexia program. To kids who are going back to school or virtually going back to school. So they have an option to reach out to us if they're falling behind in their schoolwork due to a mental, physical, or learning impairment, um, like dyslexia. So we can record the materials for them so that way they stay up to date and stay um just keep going with the rest of the class um so that's something we've been really trying to push during all of this yeah Yeah. so it's something that we really enjoy doing but um yeah it it, it affects all of us regardless if we have kids or not especially a nonprofit. if you're
0: having a little bit of a harder time than just uh, what you can handle on your own and your own normal coping mechanisms aren't working And you need a little family counseling, kids counseling, marital counseling, whatever the case may be, please, we encourage uh, teachers, anyone who's having a hard time to contact centers, we are here for you. We are here to help during this time of uh, this
3: Curiouser and Curiouser time in our world. (laughs) Yes, and I would just like to say thank you um, to Shelby and all of our other teachers.
2: Oh, absolutely. Always.
3: You guys are doing uh, amazing work.
0: No, thank well, you, thank you.
2: Thank you. It really is um, you know, a huge responsibility that our teachers take on, and, and whether it's our colleagues in Midland ISD who are preparing to teach remotely for the first four weeks or people who are preparing for on-campus learning, we're all um, really excited to be working with these kids and moving them forward in their education.
1: Thank you, Shelby, for joining us on short notice. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. And we'll talk to you soon.
3: Center Solutions is a production of the Recording Library of West Texas. Post-production work is done by Bailey Hinnis. Content is provided by Melanie Size and Christy Edwards. Contact Centers for Children and Families at 432-570-1084 or the Recording Library, 432-682-2731. Email Melanie with questions you want answered on the show at msize at centerstexas.org. That's M-S-A-I-Z at C-E-N-T-E-R-S-T-X dot Both nonprofits are on all social media platforms. See you next time.